Good evening. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Father's Name Podcast. Tonight, I will be interviewing Mr. Dami Johnson. He's an author and he's also the founder of the Misfit Turn Mobile Movement. Tonight, we will be discussing fatherhood and how we can come together as a community to help each other out. Again, thank you for joining me for episode seven. I am your host, Tanya Shaw. Good evening and welcome to the seventh episode of Father's Ain't. Of course, I'm Tanya Shaw, and joining me this evening is author and founder of Misfit Turned Mogul Movement, Mr. Donnie Johnson. Hello, Donnie. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you so much for expressing interest. Um, before we get started, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what is the Misfit Term Mogul Movement? Uh, so, well, you said my name. My name is Donnie Johnson. Uh, uh, I'm from like the Cleveland Avenue area of Atlanta. And mm -hmm. uh, the Misfit Term Mogul Movement came about uh, just, you know, me me growing up the way that I grew up as a, as a misfit, uh, not being able to... Uh, you know, just understand the path that I really was supposed to be on. And it led me down roads that uh, that I don't regret because it ultimately led me to who I am today mm -hmm. uh, in hindsight. But uh, it was a journey. You know, it was a journey. And uh, I appreciate the journey. I appreciate the pain that I went through because now I'm, you know, turning it into uh, walking into my footsteps of being a mogul. So, um mm -hmm. uh, we're doing things like with the Misfit Turn Mogul. Uh, it's basically like, you know, it's basically a, a movement that I got going on in my community first where I, you know, uh, mentor, educate uh, young young men, uh, teens, you don't matter, female or male, uh, mm -hmm. who's ever willing to receive the uh, information. Uh, you know, I just, I just really like extend my hand out to them. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty much what the Misfit Turn Mogul is, just about, you know, inspiring our youth and, educating them on things to uh be better people uh growing up into this society okay um well that's definitely a good thing i want you well we had a conversation and you told me that you were uh, a single father of a 10 year old son yes. um you also did say that you never really had any of the drama associated with with you know you having your son however yeah. you want to know um you know, if you don't mind, how is it that you came, you know, to be raising your son? Was this like a mutual decision between you and the mother or, you know? Well, what that's part, it's crazy <laughs> and interesting that you asked that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a bit of both, I would say. It's a bit of like me and her uh, coming together uh, and, you know, stating that you know it's time for my son to really get the mentorship that he needs to advance in his communication and you know just uh being a young man being able to grow up you know uh understanding the process of uh in a in a, in a i wouldn't say a tad bit but a, a lot of god you know god work you know uh you know i prayed about this uh that i would be able to be in my uh, son like more um now you know because a while back it was you no, know, it was a it was a touchy situation that you know uh, mainly on my behalf because I was uh 
you know, trying to establish a life for him, not understanding that, like, I was missing out on important moments mm -hmm. of his life. And I, I didn't really realize it until, like, you know, when she called me and was like, hey, things are getting a little rough. Mm -hmm. I need for you to get him uh, so that he can, you know, understand what a man really looks like, you know, mm -hmm. because we never, like, had really bad blood like that. So it was never okay. any, like, quote, unquote, baby mama issues. Right, okay. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you've never been to child support or or no. anything okay. okay i never i never experienced that thanks to the uh, grace of god you know? okay okay and how how is that working out for you being a single dad raising a 10 year old son um basically i'm asking what are some of the challenges that you face oh god <laughs> where do i start you know <laughs> it's like where do i start uh Number one, I do want to tip my hat off to the women that are single moms mm -hmm. uh, because I understand the consistency that comes behind it and uh, the not having breaks sometimes and always being in a place of teaching and uh, trying to get your child to comprehend and understand exactly what you uh, are trying to relate to them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's it's not only a challenge with the with the child, but I think as a parent, mm -hmm. it's a challenge to uh, help you grow as well. Uh, Absolutely, that's just my intake on that. It's it, it really helps both parties uh, because being uh, that I do see my son every single day and have to go pick him up from school and drop him off at school, it's like, whew, I only got a short window to like handle my business. So it's like it keeping me on it, keeping me, it, uh, it keeps me sharp. So, yeah, that's that's yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So I wanted to ask because on previous episodes, I did have a single father on and mm -hmm. we did discuss. Um, well, luckily, he had a village to help him out. And I do know that when men are going through things, it's not, it's, there is a village, but it's not really a village because they feel like, oh, you're a man, suck it up. Whereas though the, the mom can say, oh, I need this or this, that, and the third, and everybody will kind of like rally around mm -hmm. the mother. Um, do you have a village that helps you out with uh, raising your son? Of course, of course. I have, uh, I thank God uh, for, you know, my mom still being here and being able to, uh, uh, assist with that. Uh, even my girlfriend, she's she's very helpful and understands the, the situation in the process. She's very, very helpful. And I commend her for that. Mm -hmm. uh, not only just her, my little sister, my little sister, my brother, my my oldest sister, like it's a whole and, and, and even like my girlfriend's family. Uh, oh, okay. So it's a, it's a beautiful situation. Like it's a beautiful situation. It works. It's a, it worked itself out. So the relationship that you're in, were you in this relationship before your son came to live with you or did this happen after he came? No, this was while he I was in the relationship that it happened. OK, so, did it have any? Um, well, no, not with his mom, with your, yeah, your name. OK, the person that I'm currently with. Yeah. OK, so did, did it adjust your relationship a little bit? And as far as how y'all do things, maybe like date night or you know when y'all go out and stuff like that <laughs> yeah that's crazy you, you you're very good at what you do this is this is very good because uh that's a very interesting question yes it, it was an adjustment trust me it was an adjustment because prior to that actually happening uh 
mm-hmm. me and her had a discussion already and it was like you know I, I really want my son to come live with you know what I'm saying come live with us at some point because I have to be there mm-hmm. and um she took very well to it I mean she's she's all for it she wants to see me be the father that I'm supposed to be in and uh me personally, I, I feel like it gives her a glimpse of like, uh, you know, because she doesn't have kids at the current moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives her a glimpse to see what kind of father I am. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, yeah it, it, it was an adjustment for as, uh, you know, waking up in the morning at a certain time <laughs> and, uh, you know, not being able to just hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had to be able to be on my P's and Q's and understand and uh yeah, it was it was it was definitely an adjustment. I could say that much. Um, so I have to also ask because you know, like I said, we talk about different things, and one of my biggest, I think, my favorite episode is my mental health episode that I did mm. um, a couple episodes back because it, uh, mental health is something that men, preferably our men, don't really discuss a lot. So I wanted to ask when your son came into your home and things had to change and you had to kind of like figure out a schedule or anything, or even when he wasn't in your home and you knew that you had to do better as a dad, did that take, uh, you know, did that play a play any role in your mental health? Like, did you have days where you felt like, you know, I, I'm not being a good father. And then maybe when he came, did you feel like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. Like, what am I going to do? Like, did you have any of those days? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you're hitting like like you're hitting it, you're hitting it, you're hitting it on the nail it's like mm-hmm. you know man this is great this is great so with that it, like I said it was a challenge yes my mental health was challenged it was very it was challenged at a uh at a very high cost you know because like mentally I had to prepare myself to be in a place that I wasn't in, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was, like I said previously, I was trying to prepare, a, you know, and establish a life for him. Yes. So, you know, fast forward to now and it's like, man, like I didn't, I didn't expect it to be the way it was. I didn't expect to like be sitting down at a table doing homework, like really sitting down doing homework. Hey, I haven't been in school for years. So, <laughs> you know, it's just refreshing in my memory and just keeping me sharp. Like I said, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it it was a challenge on my mental health, like, like at, at a high cost. I can honestly say that because I had to really, really dial in. And some of the, uh, you know, I had to learn on the fly with mm-hmm. a lot of things that kind of mm-hmm. got kind of frustrating at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Me learning how to communicate better as a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was very challenging. Um, I, I. You know, because I came from a background that was, you know, I grew up in a, you know, housing authority apartments mm-hmm. and uh, we saw men cuss women out just to get their attention. And some of the women kind of like responded to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it caused kind of like so it was like, you know, we came from a like, quote unquote, like rah, rah environment. Right. OK. And, you know, I couldn't translate that to him to try to get him to listen and get and guide him in the right way. So I had to learn all over again. I had to learn communication skills all over again. I had to learn how to keep my cool in certain situations and understand that this was a teachable moment versus me, uh, you know, hauling off and whooping them and stuff like that. Like uh, mm-hmm. me personally, I don't even believe in 
like whooping my child like that. You know what I'm saying? I believe in like doing the tedious hard work that like a lot of parents don't like to do. Mm-hmm. And that's like really sit down and really teach and learn. You know, like I told him when he first moved in, I was like, hey, we both going to learn this together. You know, and that's what we that's what we're currently doing. OK, so at these points or in these moments when your mental health was challenged, did you reach out for help or did you kind of hold it in? Oh, wow. Try to figure it out on your own. Uh, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both because I, I felt like I was already a, a, a great dad because I, I provided uh, materialistically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was easily challenged, and I figured out that like, hey, bro, you're not as good as you think you are because <laughs> now you know you you got them every day. It ain't it, it, it isn't um uh, it isn't all about just buying shoes and clothes and. Things of that sort. You really got to sit down with these kids and really mentor them and teach them. And it's, you know, it, it can get very, very challenging. And I had to reach out to some, you know, some men that was really uh, uh, doing like good things as a father. Like, uh, like I told you before we got on air, mm-hmm. um, my guy Greg Shooter's brother uh, reached out to him, and you know, he's a good father to his kids. Shooter as well. Shoot is a good father to his kids. And like I kind of reached out to those guys and was, you know, get I get little little tips and nuggets here and there. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's good information. And it and it ultimately led me to being like a better father. I'm I'm happy that you said that because um one of the things that we did discuss on that episode was that it's for the men, it's okay to let people know that you're not okay. And previously when when I did ha- interview shooter he did say that a lot of the stuff he held in and you know and and one thing we know is that that's not a good thing to to hold that in because that can turn into anything yeah Um, so for for someone who like as yourself went through these mental health challenges and you said you reached out could you tell the listeners or the viewers how important it is to reach out instead of holding it in yeah, it's it's very vital and important that you you reach out. You know, in, in our community is a stigma of like if you go to like counseling or therapy or things of that sort, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I beg to differ now that I understand, you know, but at first I, I was one of those people that thought that like, you know, I'm not about to go sit down with nobody. I can handle this myself. But what we don't understand is, is that, you know, going off our own understanding is like not good. You know, we always need a second or a third opinion just to weigh things out to get a different perspective on it. You know, and um, it's it's very vital. It's, it's very vital. I, I would I would commend anybody that's watching this to like, you know, uh, you know, try to try to get help. Try to try to reach out to somebody, even if it's uh, you know, mom or anybody that can help you and give you a a, a non biased mm-hmm. um, a, a non biased perspective of it. You know, because it's it's, it's it can eat you up as a person, man, and it can and, and it can ultimately like end in like rage and mm-hmm. things of that sort. Because me personally, I had like an anger issue, okay. and I never knew that I had like an anger issue, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know I hold so many things in. That's the crazy thing about it. Like I didn't even know that I was holding so so many things in, and it, and it gets you to a point where you have to like you know. You know, tell yourself that, like, you know what, I have to, you know, be able to identify these things and, and get help. Are these some of the things uh, that we're discussing? Do you discuss this with your son? And and most importantly, do you 
how do you feel about men expressing emotion? So like if he has to cry, is it okay to cry? Of course. Do you cry? Have you cried before? Yes. <laughs> because- I just cried. That's funny that you say that, right? <laughs> and I'm just asking because, like I said, uh, if, especially the black man, he cries, he's viewed as weak yeah. or, you know, and, and that's not true because no. you're before anything else, you're a human being and you have human feelings and emotions. So I'm just I don't I don't understand personally. Why is it that when a man cries, he's viewed as weak? Yeah. We, so we just can't look at it and be like, okay, maybe he is going through something, yeah. you know? So, and and it's, you know, it's so, it's so crazy that when you do finally see a man cry, t- cause to me, and I've told this story before, my dad and my grandfather are like the two hardest men that I've ever known in my life. So it, there was a point where I saw both of them cry. And when I seen it, it it just, it didn't look right to me. Like I understood why they were crying. I know why I didn't look at them any differently after I saw it. I didn't say like, Oh, he's crying. He's weak. Like what, what's, you know, I just was just like, Oh wow. Like, yeah. You know, and, and that shouldn't have been my like men cry. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I just wanted to know, you know, how, how do you feel about that? And do you, you know, enforce that? Because again, I've heard some of the fathers say like, oh, when the sun falls, it's like, oh, get up. There's nothing wrong with you. But but if he's crying, no, nobody embraces the sun. They just tell him, just get up. You just dust it off. Like, you know, yeah. so it starts young. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to know, like, how, how do you feel about that now? Um, at this point, in my journey, I understand like why it's important, mm-hmm. and I understand that like you know because I grew up in that type of environment where it was like, man, you know, get up, don't man, you ain't got no man. Little girls be crying, man, you know, you <laughs> a little girl, man, so we're acting like a little girl, and it's like, you know, I don't think that like that's just like saying like when you're talking proper that you're talking white. You get what I'm saying? It's like, because mm-hmm. I'm speaking English, like, correctly. Right. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> proper. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's, it's frowned upon, you know, right. but, you know, I understand the importance of it. It's, it's very important for you to release those emotions so that it won't eat you up, so that you won't be in a place of rage, because ultimately it's going to come out some kind of way. Right. You know, and, and like I was saying, like when you was talking about crying, um, it's funny because because just Friday, mm-hmm. yeah, just Friday, I was picking my son up for school, and he got in a little bit of an altercation, and uh, you know, uh, we've been working and it's been a progress, and he's been getting better and better and better in school. And once he did this, it was like you know, uh, it was a little bit of it was a little bit of severe of a situation, and it, and it had me to the point where I was like, you know. I was kind of disappointed in him, mm-hmm. you know, and I let him know that, like, son, I'm not mad at you. I love you. I care mm-hmm. about you. But I'm a little disappointed because we worked so hard to get to this place. And, you know, you have to be more aware. And it, and it made me emotional because in that moment, uh, because I, me and my son, we, we shed a lot of tears together, man. In that moment, uh, because I lost my father at a young age, I lost my father when I was nine. Mm-hmm. So I never got to experience what, what he's experiencing with me. Mm-hmm. 
So it makes me emotional from that standpoint of like, you know, like, man, I wish I could have, you know, my dad could have cried to me like this and taught me this way, you know, right, I, right. I'm calling this alone, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I comfort him with, you know, loving arms. Um, like I told him, uh, you know, I was kind of disappointed him. we both were crying and he was, you know, he, he kind of got in his feelings. And when he came to his, uh, when he came, when he came to be in a better place, he kind of was like, dad, I'm sorry for, you know, disappointing you. And, you know, so I, I, I embrace it. I think it's healthy. Um, even when you embrace it with them, I think it's very healthy because it showed them that, that somebody has their back, that somebody cares. Uh, it shows them a different perspective of it. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's healthy. It's very healthy. Uh, so you raising a black son, mm -hmm. so we have a lot going on. We've mm -hmm. got, you know, police brutality, racism, and an array of other things going on in this world. Mm -hmm. um, how do you attack those issues with your son? And how do you prepare him for everything that we got going on in, in the world that we live in? Wow. Wow. That's a great question. That's a very great question. So um, I approach it with uh, with God first. Mm -hmm. I approach it with God first and God's word. Because that's like a part of who I am. Like I can't run from it. I'm not going to run from it. Like I'm a God-fearing man. Mm -hmm. I'm a kingdom man. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. So uh, I approach it with God first. And uh, secondly, I, I approach it with with uh, I don't approach it in a bitter way, like your black son. Mm. You got to, you know, blaming others. I approach yeah. it in a way okay. to give him information, to give him knowledge on it, to look at it and say, hey, even though we got these portions of things going on, you have to be able to distinguish and decipher if, you know, how you approach things you can't just go off the limb because somebody's saying oh he's black and he's a you know what i'm saying right, right, right you know that you jump off the leash you know we i don't want to i teach my you know we can't give them like compassion things of that sort we can't give our kids that we they have to like i just pray that my son has that compassion in him mm -hmm. you know to 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 understand and look at it from a different perspective like i had to grow to this perspective of not blaming others you know even though we have had our years of oppression mm -hmm. i feel like you know me personally our community lacks knowledge we we lack the ability to expand our vocabulary mm -hmm. we we lack uh so and those are the things that i teach my son i teach my son uh, i give my work my son like a couple of words a week and he has to define them the definition so that when he wants something, he can he can express himself and communicate it uh, in a way that it can be understood and comprehended to any audience. Mm -hmm. okay. You know, so I think it's about looking inward first before we go to blaming society and people and, and racism and things right. of that sort. Like this is a world. Right. We live in an imperfect world. Right. Things are going to go on. Because that's usually how is it? And it. Wow, that's interesting because that's usually how it's attacked. It's like it's it's already this stigma against 
police, even though we know with anything in life, there's good ones and then there's bad ones. Mm -hmm. But when you go out into the world, you expect all of them to be bad. So it's like already this wall that you have built. So like if it's like if you see a cop, it's like, oh, you know, so and and I appreciate that you said that you bring it that way. Instead of, you know, like, oh, after police or the police ain't this, that, the third. So, so that is a good approach, I think. Um, so with your mentorship program that you have, am I right? Yes. Uh, what are some of the things that you discuss with um, the people that come there? I want to start. I want to say this to you. you. You're a very great interviewer. <laughs> and, and you And you have you have the ability to dig and pull things out of people that needs to be, that starts dialogues that makes things interesting and put things in a, in a massive space that where people have to like answer for these things. They can't go unanswered. So I love what you're doing. Number one, Thank number you. two, um, with the mentorship, I, I kind of, like I said, communication, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, uh, you know, helping them to expand their vocabulary so that they can understand and comprehend in different, you know, situations or different crowds of people. Um, you know, giving them, you know, basics on money, how it works, mm -hmm. financial uh, literacy. Uh, that's one of the programs that we're bringing into the community. Okay. Uh, where they can learn about money and how it works, how credit works. Uh, we're actually getting a curriculum form right now with my Misfit Turnover Inspiring Goals Corporation. Okay. So we're getting curriculums formed so that we can like, you know, when kids get out of school, if they come to our program, they can learn about these things as well so that they can, like they can, they can, it, it wouldn't hold them back or hinder them from being who they supposed to be in life because they're looking through things from a, a scope or a spectrum that's small. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. So that's what we're working on with, with, with the whole Misf Misfit Turn Mobile Mentorship and uh, the Inspiring Goals Mentorship. Now, for your for your program, um, is there like a do they have to sign up for this or, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's coming 2022. So like you're getting the first dibs on it. Okay. So, you know, like really, I haven't even spoken like uh, I got a couple of more interviews that I got coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw that you were doing this and I wanted to reach out to you because I know once I get busy, I'm going to be busy. Mm -hmm. And I did want to, you know, give you the scoop first. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, nah, that's it's our love. It's our love. Uh, but yeah, I, I. Man, it's so much to talk about with this, you know, because. Of course. Of course. I so just to address like I said, thank you, and I appreciate it, but I wanted to be the one to give fathers voices because there are a lot of men out here that want to be dads, and they want to be good dads, and they can't be, whether it's because of the mother or the system or the mother and the system, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. and a, a, a running theme in all of my interviews, I've noticed that when the father has to go through the court system, he always says, I gave up. And that's what I don't want. I don't want that. Yeah. I want the fathers to know that if you fight, you will get what you want. So the purpose of all of this is to give the tools and the resources so that they can fight. And 
I understand that the system is very frustrating because it was even frustrating for me at a point as a mother. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine how the fathers feel because nothing is set up for the father at all. So, like I said, my goal is for somebody to see this Mm -hmm. and let's have a conversation and make make it make sense because that's. That's that's awesome. See, that's why I say it's great that you're doing this, because ultimately what, what I wanted to do and we can partner up on this as well. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what I want to do is create a community reform. Right. Mm-hmm. Where we involve the law and the police system, mm-hmm. the jurisdictions, uh, the, the police system. Uh, and we sit down because I think it all ultimately stems back to to communication mm-hmm. it all stems back to communication yeah i don't understand you you don't understand me we don't have an understanding so let's go to the courts right exactly exactly and we and we need less of that because if you watched my episode that i did with the judge from texas child support is big business for the state and that's all it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's so, it, and that's why we have to come together as a community and, and rally up behind these things, not just with protesting, but like actually see protesting is one thing. And this is this the whole purpose of like who I am and what I'm doing. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh protesting is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. You go outside, you protest, the company hear you. Now what? What's the what's the solution? Right. Like, do anybody got any solutions to? And life? usually, if it is one, it's a temporary solution. So we'll solve your problem to get you from in front of my business because you're driving away my business. Yeah, that's not enough. So right. what, it, what it ultimately has to be is that we have to expand our vocabulary. We have to learn. We have to educate ourselves on these issues before we just lash because that. that Martin Luther King and protest. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. Like we haven't seen results of the law being actually changed into being in a place where it's fair. Right. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I commend Martin Luther King for what they did. Now, before anybody take this out of context, I commend them for what they did. But what are we going to do to, to keep that going? Right. What's the next step? What does that look like? That's what I'm working on. Right. With community reform, that's what I'm working on. Hey, let's work on our communication skills. This is a this is a huge, huge issue in our black community. We do not know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. We talk like this. We hey bro, that ain't gonna get you what you need here. Right. Mm-hmm. We gotta understand where these things are like allow it. And we have to understand that we have to we have to grow and educate ourselves on these issues or they just going to keep making money off of it. And it's just like, that's cool. But, hey, if you can give an incentive mm-hmm. so I can help these people, you know, really fix their issues, their unresolved issues with each other mm-hmm. by taking them through this program of, of co-parent, a co-parenting program. Right. We have to show up. Let's put some let's put some pressure on that. Let's say, hey, if you don't show up, then your license get re- re- rejected. Mm-hmm. Or, so, uh, 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 you know, not just that per se, but like whatever. Right, right, yeah. Because up. it has to be, because I feel like 
it has to be consequence on both sides. Yes. So my thing is, if you are going to give the father consequences for not paying, but if a visitation order is put in place and the mom says, well, I'm mad this week. So, no, he's not going with you or she's not going. Where's her? That's what happens. But where's the consequence for that? There is none. Exactly. So, 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 so now, <laughs> now, like I said before, now, I, I stress this point so much because mm -hmm. what happened there? Communication, right? Right. A lack of communication, a lack of us having an understanding, a lack of us agreeing to disagree. And everybody like runs with the, you know, let's agree to disagree and it still be an unresolved issue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you don't have the vocabulary to comprehend what it is to get a solution. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So these are things that we have to work on. And, and, and the number one killer in this situation is listening. We don't listen. We listen to respond about what we feel versus right. listening to respond with help. Right. Right. It's a whole different ball game if you were listening to respond. So if, 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 if let's say for instance, we have a scenario where you have your child's mother and you, I'm the father, right? Mm -hmm. And I go and I'm listening to what she's saying and her needs and wants or whatever it is. Regardless if I like it or not, mm -hmm. I'm listening. Right. So that I can respond and say, hey, I can come with a softer landing. I can say, hey, well, you know what? Let's, um, okay, how about this week? You know, you can keep them this week. I know you don't, you know, I understand where you are right now and I understand that you don't want me to see him right now, but like we have to come to a place of understanding where I can see my child because he's going to need me at some point. Right. So however this has to work out, we're going to have to work. You mm -hmm. can come with a South Atlanta or however the scenario be, but just being able to be in a place of listening, right. to respond with help, mm -hmm. you so, wouldn't have to go down to the court system. So I'm about to ask you my favorite question that I've asked for the past couple of episodes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, why do you feel like the black man's load is so heavy? Ooh. <laughs> you didn't make me strain up my back with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Man. That's why, that's why is so much expected? I mean, th men have an expectation, period, supposedly. But why is the black man's expectation so much greater than somebody else's? Again, I don't like to get in the place of like <laughs> blaming others. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think it's all about how you approach things. Your approach is everything in this world. Because, because ultimately what happens is, is that I, I honestly feel like the the load is heavy only if you, your perspective is is that. You get what I'm saying? Because if you take the necessary time to work on yourself in certain seasons mm -hmm. and understand that like, okay, you know what? This is my learning season. Let me take advantage of my learning season. You know, boom, let me not be in a relationship right now. Let me take care of me right now so that I can be who I need to be. I think that a lot of men, and I'm not pointing the finger at black men. I, you asked me about black men. I'm a black man. So right. mm -hmm. I'm holding us accountable at this point. Of course. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, oh, man. So it, 
for me, it's like we have to get in a place of, of accountability and understanding where we are in our current moments and not moving prematurely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The load wouldn't be so heavy if we don't move prematurely. Let's not blame anybody else for what we're doing to ourselves. Because they, number one, we have the internet. <laughs> so mm. you can learn a lot because I've learned a lot. And if I know if I can learn a lot, the next man can learn a lot. Absolutely. We have to get out of a space of making excuses and blaming other people for where we are in life when we are in control of that. Mm -hmm. And that's my whole thing. Like, I don't. And this is just not for black men. This is just for humanity, period. We have to get out of a space of like looking at things from like just one perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be because it's not a load on me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So I can't really like speak in that. It was once upon a time because I I wasn't as educated as I am now. Mm -hmm. Now that I've educated myself to to different levels, I can understand and comprehend things. And now I can ask for what I want in a way that I can receive it. Mm -hmm. So it all goes back down to like you know like looking at self first right right as black men we got to start looking at ourselves first we got to stop blaming other people for where we are we're in control of that mm -hmm. we are we it's it, we can't make nobody ain't put no gun to our head telling us we can't read books nobody ain't put no gun to our head telling us we can't get on the internet we we we, we got it's a lack of concentration and focus mm-hmm so you mentioned the internet. So the internet is a good thing and it can also be a bad thing. How much of this, how much of social media and the internet can you say gives uh, the black man a bad stigma? You know, because you know, on, on reality TV or like you said, internet, Instagram, all this kind of stuff, they look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And we don't have enough positivity. So I just feel like that social media plays a lot, plays a part in a lot of this stuff. So would you agree with that? Do you agree that it plays a, a good hefty part or no part at all or just a little tiny bit? I I, I really, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. Mm -hmm. I, I look at things from various different angles mm -hmm. on one hand we can use it to promote our businesses mm -hmm. and becoming who we supposed to be if that's our focus it's all about what you focus on okay, okay. <laughs> you know so, so if one of these people because i don't know who owns this stuff like if they'd say okay well we shutting down instagram for modeling and or whatever they do and says, okay, we're just going to focus it on, on on businesses and, you know, leaders and community people as such as yourself. Do you think that there would, do you think a lot of people, a lot of people will come off then because it's no longer entertaining? It's serious because at the end of the day, all social media is, is entertaining to an extent. I think that it'll be, and I'm going to go out on a limb to say this. I think that it'll be a lot of depressed people. I think that it'll be a lot of people that's ultimately like in a place of like suicide because they built and created this person that they're not. Mm -hmm. So it's 
you know, it's 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 sad to say if they did do it, it'll be it'll be quite interesting to see like who's gonna be who. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I'm this person where like I'm this person who you see on social media in front of wow. you personally and on camera. So mm-hmm. it's like it's no, you know, like I know a lot of people say, hey, social media ain't real. Social media is real. Mm-hmm. If you're allowed to be. <laughs> yeah. It's all it all goes back to self. You know what I'm saying? And and, and 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 I keep preaching this because I want people to get out of a place of blaming other people for not extracting the value out of a situation or experience. Mm-hmm. It's not nobody else's fault because you didn't learn what you're supposed to learn right here. Right. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. That's true. So yeah. when you get on social media and you focus on the wrong things, that's not nobody's fault. It was your fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're making you depressed. As bad as it may sound, it may sound like it's no compassion there, but I have all the compassion in the world. That's why I'm speaking on it. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you look at it. If you can take value out of what I'm saying and, and you can take it and say, hey, this guy has an interesting point of view. Let me let me let me, you know, uh, embark on it. Let me let me let me get more information on who this guy is. Let me see exactly what's going on, because he knows something that I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like we don't get in those places. Instead, we envy, we jealous. We, we get into a place of a depression. Mm-hmm. Social media is probably the number one cause of a lot of deaths and stress. Mm-hmm. All because of what you taking in or what you allowing yourself to. You see what I'm saying? It goes back to self. So it's like, you can't say, hey, social media, you got a business. I got a business. They got a business. Mm-hmm. Social media is their business. <laughs> you know what I'm right. Right, right. So right. you can't stop them from having their business. Mm-hmm. What you do with it is solely upon you. Right. So um, let's see. Another thing that I wanted to ask you, because like you said, you see, you speak about self and taking accountability. So for these fathers out here that are in the fight with the system or possibly maybe going to enter the fight or the fight's coming, who knows? Instead of giving up, which is like I said, that's the running theme. It's like, I got tired of waiting. I got tired of them postponing it. I got tired of her not showing up. I got tired of them rejecting what I was saying. And they just quit and give the mother whatever she wants. What type of advice can you offer those guys the ones that are just at wit's end with it and is like i can't do it just let her have it and i'll go about my business um great question um i'm only speaking from a place of like because uh, i haven't experienced that right right so i can only speak from a place of like giving advice on the situation looking at it from like third person you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I look at it as this. If I educate myself to a place where I can understand these laws and understand that, like, you know, I have to learn how to communicate and understand that I have to expand my vocabulary because there's some of this paperwork that I don't understand. And, you know, like, um, and, 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 and too, like, I'm not naive to the place where, like, racism take place and this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? But it all goes back to, like, who 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 are you... <laughs> involving yourself with you know what i'm saying like mm. I, I think that um you know we underestimate the power of influence and association yeah 
Yeah. You know, we, we underestimated. Like we 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 sat right here and we made this baby with this person. Now this is what comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be more wise at the front end so that we won't have to even be in the back end. Correct. Right. So you said earlier that you are an author of a book. Mm-hmm. And so can you kind of explain what your book is about? Uh, my book is about character. Um, it's about, you know, expanding your, your perspectives on how you view things, um, characteristics of, of, you know, being the best version of who you are. Mm. Um, even if you came from a bad background, you can switch the narrative of what society mm-hmm. um, puts on you as a stigma mm-hmm. and uh, switch the narrative to be like an inspiration to the world. You no, know, uh, just inspiring young men, young ladies, grownups, Mm-hmm. You know, to, you know, like it's it's more to life than just, you know, partying or, you know, you have to have some kind of substance with yourself because you don't want to be stuck at 20 year old you at 40. So <laughs> I, I want to ask you, so there are people who don't haven't found their niche or don't know what it is, regardless of the age. So let's just say. In hypotheticals, a grown man comes to you and he says, listen, Donnie, I'm 35 years old. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. You know, I don't know what my thing is. I don't know. You know, how do you help that person? Because some of us or some of our men feel like, "Okay, I don't know a trade or I don't know how to do this or I don't read that well or whatever. So they they result to other things that may not be so good for them. So what do we do with that man? who is probably ashamed because he's, you know, at an age where people claim you're supposed to have it figured out. Mm. But he comes and says, I, I don't have it figured out. Like, what what do you do with that person? Uh, number one, you know, you have to assess the situation. Like, what are, who, who are you involved with? You know, who do you surround yourself around? What environments are you in? What are you what are you doing to better yourself? Like, because it's a cliche quote to say, like, if you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but if you don't know how, that's my argument for people mm-hmm. that don't understand like their mental and who they are. Mm-hmm. My argument is that I don't think people don't want to do it or don't care. I honestly don't think that. I, I really don't think that people just walking around and being like, I don't care. I think that's a reaction to like mm-hmm. not knowing. Right, right, right. I really think that people do not know. That's why we have to put ourselves in a place to give people grace. You know what I'm saying? We have to we have to listen. Because like you said, if this man come to me, I want to listen to help, to respond with help. See, mm-hmm. all it takes is for you to listen to somebody and bam, you got all the resources that you need to be better. Right. I agree. I agree. Because so I think that it goes back to like influence and association. Right. Okay. Because usually when that type of situation happens, like I said, people don't, as you say, they don't see it like that. I don't know what happened to this world where it was conditioned that at this age you have to do this or at this age you got to be married or you got, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And like you said, it's, it's men out that's probably been in jail or in and out of jail for the good parts of their life. 
And then they got tired to a point and was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. So I don't, but I don't know who I am because I've always been in jail, you mm. know? So, and, and then you have, the, they come out and they try. And then it's like, um, because you have whatever you have on your record, the job can't hire you or, you know, or you, or you set your sights higher than a warehouse because mm. That seems like that's the running theme too. You get out of jail, you get out of jail, you go to the warehouse, they hire you. Well, nobody wants to do that all their life. Yeah. So for the person who has their sights set higher than the warehouse, you know, but because of how the world is set up, oh, because you have this on your record, we can't deal with you. So it's gotta come to a point where the men know that regardless to what, there's still a chance. Yeah, of course. It's 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 always a chance. Anything's possible through Christ that strengthened me. Anything is possible. I believe that anything's possible. It's all about who what are you influenced by? Mm -hmm. Who are you associated with? Mm -hmm. Those are like two things that mainly stick out to me. But then too, it's like, you know, you have to be we allow ego and we allow pride mm -hmm. to get in the way mm -hmm. of of us being in a place where we can accept and identify where we are in our current state so if me personally i'm speaking about me i don't want to i don't want to talk you know put this around anybody else of course of course if it was me if i was getting out of prison i'll start at a uh, uh, a McDonald's or a warehouse. Mm -hmm. I read me a book on how to save and invest money. So I got a purpose now. I'm going to work with a purpose now. I'm not going to work with with, with like, oh yeah, I, just, I need a job. I need to get me a, a, a job that's bigger than this warehouse. Your, your previous circumstances enabled you to do that. Mm -hmm. So now you have to humble yourself and get out of a place of pride, get out of a place of ego and say, hey, this is where I am. Let me. Because that's what God said. God said, hey, what you do with a little mm -hmm. is what you do with a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if yep. you're not humble enough to go through that valley. Because what we don't understand is in, in our community, we don't understand that, like, just because you in that on that path don't mean that that's your place that's not your end goal mm -hmm. that's not where you're gonna end up at you had to go through that path you don't know who god had you to touch in that path on on that journey yes it's it's, it's only a pathway mm -hmm. you're not gonna be stuck there forever so if you are if you if you can humble yourself and go through that path god gonna put you where you're supposed to be at because can't no man open a closed door to god do Yep. Well, he opened and closed only. He can do that. I'm a firm believer in that. Regardless of like who I'm under or deemed to be beneath, <laughs> mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I have a goal. I have a purpose. So if I have to start right here, this ain't going to do nothing to make me stronger. Mm -hmm. We have to identify, be able to identify where we are. We have to. So it's, it's that way. That's why they say it's no excuse. You know what I'm saying? If you got air in your body, it's no excuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to 
what we are not willing to do is go through the pain and the sacrifice that it com that comes with being great. We want to be great. We want to look like it mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of being it. Yeah. Are you really about this life for real? Are you really going to like humble yourself and go work this this McDonald's job or this or this? Because I had to do it. I had to recently do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I ain't speaking from like being naive. And right, right, right. Like, oh, I had to actually like humble myself and go work for a Chick-fil-A job in order for me to get to where I'm at. Not for God to show me my purpose. If I would have never went down that path, I would have never been right on top of you mm -hmm. and doing what I'm doing now. Mm. So this is speaking from an experience. You got to humble yourself and being able to say, okay, you know what, God, I'm going to give you back what I created. Because mm -hmm. we, we create this right, right. illusion of person of who we think we are right. versus who we are. And it puts us in bad positions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now we have to unlearn and undo all these behaviors. And we have to be patient. And sometimes... You just have to be patient and strategize. God gonna open up the doors for you. So, so as we wrap and come to a close, I want to again thank you for expressing interest and thank you for coming on and telling us about what you you know what you do and what you got going on because this conversation was very interesting. Um, is there any uh, anything last minute that you just want to tell either somebody who's you know, like I said, any a single dad, uh, any dad's period, or just any advice as a man that that may be going through anything, whether it's issues with child support or, or or whatever the case, or you know, or he's looking for a job, or he's depressed, or you know, is there is there any piece of advice that you can offer these people? Uh, number one, really put God first. You know, really put Jesus God first. That's number one. Number two, assess and understand where you are in life. Where are you in that current moment? We we be so focused on the future mm -hmm. that we can't we we miss what we're supposed to learn in the present moment, and then we have to come back and learn it all all over again. So paying paying attention to your current state that you're in, paying attention to where you are in life at the current moment, and extracting the value from that. And preparing and strategizing and being patient and allowing yourself to learn it. Don't try to move. You already move prematurely to get in this place. So you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again instead of just, you know, humbling yourself and saying, you know what? I don't know. Let me stick back. Let me trust God. Let me learn. Let me strategize. Let me. Because in that place, in that gap mm -hmm. where you're not being noticed and people not calling your name and mm -hmm. you're not the big dog no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God trying to make you a, a, a mogul. He's trying to take you from a misfit and turn you into a mogul. And in that gap is where you should be strategizing mm -hmm. and asking God to, you know, give you visions and revelations on what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And he's gonna fill that gap with all that. And then and, and when the when the opportunity presents itself, you prepare. You ready, you ready for the moment. Mm -hmm. Now you can walk in it with confidence, which leads to wisdom. So being able to extract the value from your current situation is the most important thing that I can tell anybody in this life right now. And also tell us how we can follow Donnie Johnson on social media. Um, is there any websites that you have or, you know, anything? Yeah, currently, currently right now, um, 
they can follow me on Instagram at one Donnie Johnson and on Facebook at Donnie Johnson. Uh, yeah, they can get all the information from there. Everything's going to lead up to events that I have coming up for tw uh, 2022 with the community and, uh, you know, bringing resources to the community partnerships that I have going on. Uh, it, it's all going to unfold. They, I mean, I mean, I am who I am. They're they going to see who it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just follow me and you'll see. Well, I, again, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I hope someone takes a lot away from this conversation because this was act. This was really a pleasant conversation to have. And it was a conversation that had to be had. And again, I thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and also for reaching out to express the interest. I really do appreciate yeah, it. I thought it was real dope of you to like, you know, and that's another place of humbling yourself, regardless of where I am. I'm just like, Hey, look, <laughs> I got to holler. I need to talk. You know, we got to talk because you were talking yeah. about interesting things. I think that you were shining a light on uh, fathers that don't get that light shined on them. So I thought that was super dope. Yes. And that is absolutely the goal. So thank you so much for, for seeing that. And I appreciate it. So I'm going to wrap this one up. Thank you again, Mr. Johnson. And this is episode seven of Father's Ain. I'm tying the show and I'll see you next week. Peace.